Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. This is the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. What follows is the service from May 22nd, 2022. Thank you. God bless. Good morning, everyone. It's time for us to begin. We'll start this morning from Acts chapter 16, verses 9 through 15. A vision appeared to Paul during the night. A Macedonian man was standing there urging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul saw the vision, we attempted immediately to go over to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We put out to sea from Troas and sailed a straight course to Samothrace, the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of that district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We stayed in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside outside of the city gates to the side of the river, where we thought there would be a place of prayer. We sat down and we began to speak to the women who had assembled there. A woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatria, a God-fearing woman, listened to us. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. And after she and her household were baptized, she urged us, If you consider me to be a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning to praise you, to praise your Son, to remember the promises that you have given us, the blessings that we have through you and through your Son and his sacrifice. Father, we pray that this morning this will be a place of prayer, and that as we go through our week away from each other, that we will be considered followers of you by those around us. Thank you, Father, for Jesus, for his sacrifice, and for our time together, Father. Help us to worship you today in spirit and truth in a way that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. talking about angels today, so we'll have songs that at least mention angels. They're, they're not, we don't worship angels, so they're not about angels, but they mention angels. 137. <clears throat>
leading infectious disease through the pandemic and some additional stress by her um, father um, being really ill. She has had some, some symptoms that indicate she might have cancer, so she's having a biopsy this week. So we'll be praying for Marion, um, and please keep her in your prayers throughout the week as well. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you and thank you for the many ways you have blessed us and let your face shine upon us, both individually and collectively. God, we ask your presence be with all the suffering for the families of the victims of the Buffalo shooting, for those who are displaced and suffering due to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and for all of us affected by the ongoing pandemic and other diseases and, and pandemics, including mental health and so many other things that make the world seem especially dark some days. We ask that your light would shine through the cracks and that we would be faithful witnesses of your love and your grace and your beauty to everyone around us, that we would not let the darkness of the world hold us down, but that we would um, faithfully proclaim that you are Lord of all. Um, we pray for those uh, in our midst or close to us um, that need your presence and healing, especially right now. Uh, we continue to pray for Christy, for Chuck Hickman, for Shelly Green. We pray for our friends in cancer treatment, Nancy, Shelley, Aiden, Brett, Pam, Debbie, Crawford, Aussie, and we of course pray for Marion and all that she's dealing with this week, that you would let um, her biopsy bring good news um, and that you would give her comfort and peace, whatever the outcome. We pray for our missionaries, for Jason and Emily, for Lindsay, for Manuel, for Hiawatha, Byron, and Susanna. And we pray for the efforts, um, all, all those helping uh, the Ukrainians right now, um, in particular Nations Ministry and others. Um, God, we know that there is suffering and, and where it's there, you are there with us. Um, you are there to comfort us and strengthen us with your presence. Um, be with us this week and this morning as we worship you. In Jesus we pray, amen. <coughs> Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, who like me thy praise should sing. Praise him for his grace and faith. 
19. <clears throat> Made it easy for you. <clears throat> Many 
references to angels that have no bearing with angels, of course. Uh, things like uh, in music, I remember when I was in high school, there was this song called Johnny Angel. Y'all remember that one? Johnny Angel, you're an angel to me. Shala, shala. I never did know what shala meant. Um, Willie Nelson was fascinated with angels, apparently. He had an album called Angel Eyes. He, uh, he uh, wrote Angel Flying Too Close to the Ground. He recorded seven Spanish angels. Uh, that's really not the angel of the Bible, but it was, it's always interesting. We, we see the term angel in things, even in finance, angel capital investor, you know, uh, angel food cake, angel hair pasta. There's also devil's food cake, but we won't, we won't go there. Um, in 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 TV, we there's a there was a program Angel the Vampire. I never saw that, but that's what I hear. Touch by an angel. In movies, Angel in the Outfield. Uh, the Anaheim Angels. Uh, there was this golfer, Angel Cabrera, who uh, recently was convicted of assault and is spending two years in prison, so that's not the angel that we're looking for. Interestingly, it's also the name of the new Georgia Tech president. I don't think that's the same guy. But, uh, and then the ultimate question of the age, how many angels can dance on the head of a pen? Uh, this was actually a, a question that was used to challenge medieval theologians. Uh, today, it's used as a metaphor for an unimportant intellectual debate of which I'm certainly unfamiliar with that. <laughs> um, also books, uh, there, was a, there was a book written in 1954 uh, by Dale Evans, some of you remember Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Uh, one trivia question is what is Dale Evans, what was Dale Evans' horse's name? But I'll save that for later. Um, uh, she, she wrote about her daughter that was born with Down syndrome. And this was 1954 and the book by a lot of accounts really changed America's view of, of, uh, of uh, children with uh, disabilities. Uh, the, there was a 50th anniversary edition printed in 2004. So it was called Angel Unaware that some of you might have actually seen that somewhere. Anyway, I've been fascinated with angels uh, and wanted to do a little bit deeper look at uh, at this and so what I'm going to do is try to, to what I'm going to do is basically try to summarize many of the things that all of us already know but try to do it all in one in one session or at least some of it all in one session um, 
The uh, one of the sources uh, that was very helpful was there's a book uh, by Billy Graham, a book called Angels, and uh, it's also been reprinted as a second edition. And he added some things. He, he wrote it in in 1975, and he he uh, he put in a put out a second edition in 1994, uh, which is uh, was very helpful. Um, one of the uh, one of the quotes that he has in the book is uh, by John Calvin, and he says, "The angels are not the dispensers; or the angels are rather the dispensers and administrators of the divine beneficence." Kids, that means doing good, uh, doing good toward us. They regard our safety, undertake our defense direct our ways and exercise a constant solicitude kids that means concern concern that no evil befall us in psalms if you say the lord is my refuge and if you make the most high your dwelling no harm will overtake you no disaster will come near your tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways they will lift up your hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Uh, uh, one of the things that that uh, that Billy Graham uh, referred to here is that angels live in a in a spiritual world, as we know, and he calls it another dimension, which I think is is pretty appropriate. Um, and that dimension is real, and that dimension is uh, is probably more real than the than the dimension we live in. Um, the uh, uh, when when uh, when you look at angels in the Bible, uh, uh, angels are mentioned uh, about three hundred times, so it's just not an occasional. Angel, the 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 reference to angels are all over the place. Um, who are angels exactly? Well, angels are part of celestial powers, as Billy Graham mentions, and he talks about uh, four specifically. He talks about the archangels, uh, angels in general, the seraphim, and the cherubim. The first mention. Uh, of, of, uh, of these celestial powers is uh, is I think is in Genesis in, in Genesis 3 where Adam and Eve were driven out of the Garden of Eden uh, in, uh, in, this, in this passage he says after he drove man out he placed in front of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of, the tree of life so angels are real. Billy Graham says angels belong to a uniquely different dimension. They are called ministering spirits in Hebrews. They have no physical bodies, but they can take on the appearance of physical bodies. They are mentioned, as I, as I said, uh, about 300 times in both the Old and New Testaments. Uh, and the number, the number of angels is enormous. Um, 
In Hebrews, it says an innumerable company of angels. In Psalms, the chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. In Deuteronomy, 10,000 angels come down from Mount Sinai to confirm the holy presence of God, uh, which is quite a sight, 10,000. How many are there? Uh, 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 in John, in Revelation, when I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000, they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Now, uh, there is apparently one archangel mentioned. There's some speculation that maybe Lucifer was one of the, was an archangel before the fall. But the only archangel mentioned is Michael. And uh, an archangel, uh, the, the uh, term arch means chief or principal or great angel. So Michael is the basically the first prince of heaven. Graham calls him effectively the prime minister in God's administration. Daniel says the great prince, which stands for God's people. Uh, he appears in Revelation leading the armies in that final battle against Satan. Um, in Thessalonians, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So uh, that's, a, that's a pretty uh, graphic picture. Uh, the other angel that's mentioned by name is Gabriel. Uh, Gabriel in Hebrew means God's uh, hero, mighty one, God is great. Uh, he is referred to as the messenger of Jehovah. Uh, Gabriel is primarily God's messenger of mercy and promise. And he's mentioned twice in Daniel and also twice in Luke, uh, particularly in terms of appearing to Zacharias, uh, in terms of the birth of uh, John the Baptist, and also appearing to Mary. Um, celestial beings from the Bible uh, apparently uh, differ considerably. Uh, one is one group is the seraphim uh, mentioned in Isaiah, and, and Isaiah describes this: the prophet uh, beholds the six-winged seraphim above the throne of God. Now, this is the only time that 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 angels have. Uh, been referred to with wings, uh, and um, but you know it, it, it's a it's a sort of a common view when you see a painting that you got angels with wings, etc. But but there's not a there's not a lot of mention of that uh, other than the seraphim. These are there are several seraphim since the passage talks about each one and one cried to another. So 
So their ministry is to praise the name and the character of God. The cherubim are also real and powerful. They're incorporated in the design of the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle. Ezekiel 10 pictures the cherubim. It says, as we saw in Genesis, the cherubim guard the tree of life and the garden of Eden. <coughs> How angels differ from humans. How are we different? The Bible says God made man a little lower than the angels. Yet at the same time, angels are ministering spirits to us, which is a little bit of a misnomer there. But um, uh, they are, they are, the ministering spirits are sent forth to minister to them who shall be heirs of salvation. Uh, it is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified what is mankind that you are mindful of him? A son of man and the son of man that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. So Hebrews also spends some time talking about the position of angels and, and specifically angels as contrasted with, uh, with Jesus. And so uh, Hebrews, uh, the beginning of Hebrews really talks about how Jesus is superior to angels. There must have been some confusion at that time that, that, uh, that the Hebrew writer decides to uh, make this a priority. So he says, for those for, uh, for to which the angels did God to for which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today I have become your father. Or again, I will, see his, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when, did God, when God uh, brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let, let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of angels, he says, he makes the angels spirits and his, and his servants flames of fire but about the sun he says your throne O God will last forever and ever a scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness therefore God your God has set you above your, comp your companions by anointing you with the oil of glory he also says in the beginning Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hand. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, but you will roll them up like a robe. Like a garment, they will be changed, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? So uh, clearly um, he's saying Jesus is God's son. Jesus is far superior to the angels. The angels are created beings to do God's will.
So nothing in the Bible also indicates that the Holy Spirit indwells angels as he does the redeemed people of God. Angels do not marry. Jesus says in Matthew, in the resurrection, they, meaning humans, neither marry or are given in marriage, but are as the angels in God, as the angels of God in heaven. The Bible doesn't suggest that angels must eat to stay alive either, but sometimes they did eat. Uh, David uh, refers to the manna eaten in the wilderness as the bread of angels. In Psalms, uh, he says, man did eat angels' food. Uh, God's angel came to Elijah to provide food and drink. The food he had uh, eaten was enough to keep him alive for 40 days and 40 nights. This, this was in 1 Kings. When Abraham was encamped in the plains of Mamre, the angels visited him, of whom one may have very likely been Jesus, as we, as we remember in Genesis. The heavenly beings ate and drank what Abraham gave them. When Abraham was encamped in the plains of Mamre, uh, well, uh, I'm sorry. It would be helpful if I could read. I, I do want to point out that Michael uh, came to my rescue yesterday when I was trying to print this off and ran out of paper. So, thank you, Michael. Um, Angels were also wise with superior knowledge. However, they do not know everything uh, as God does. Uh, Jesus said in his second coming, uh, uh, about, about his second coming in Mark, but that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not even the angels which are in heaven. Angels are much more powerful than men, but not all powerful. Paul re refers to the mighty angels of God. In Peter, there's a quote, angels are greater in might and power. It took only one angel to slay the firstborn of, Israel, of Egypt, only one to shut the lion's mouths uh, for Daniel. As, as, as I mentioned, angels are ministering spirits. Uh, uh, in Hebrews, uh, are they not the ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be the heirs of salvation? Now, angels, one of the, one of the prime uh, roles of angels uh, were messengers. Philip went to the desert to meet the Ethiopian uh, after a visit from an angel. An angel appeared to John to announce the message that had become the book of Revelation. Uh, Gabriel appears to Zacharias to deliver the message regarding John the Baptist. Gabriel also appeared to Mary, as I mentioned, and Gabriel appeared to, uh, and an angel appeared to Joseph uh, several times to direct him to to uh, get the baby uh, away from there and and uh, and uh, appeared that it's safe to come back, etc. Angels are also protectors. Elisha prayed that God would open the eyes of the servant in 2 Kings. Um, uh, 
This is a passage from 2 Kings. When the servant of man, of the man of God, got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So, do uh, do do we have a guardian angel? You know, there, that's a sort of a uh, an interesting belief. Uh, there, there's certainly there's certainly some indication of that. But Jesus says. See that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels, their angels in heaven, always see the face of my Father in heaven. Angels in the in God's judgment, as we mentioned, the uh, the angel that uh, that slew the uh, firstborn in Egypt. Uh, angels have always uh, worked to carry out God's judgments. Um, uh, they, they scattered the people of Israel because of their sin. Uh, they they, uh, they uh, were part of the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, eventually on Babylon and on Nineveh. And at the end of the age, angels will execute judgment on those who have rejected God. Uh, angels also warn of judgment. They warned Abraham approaching the doom of Sodom and Gomorrah. Two angels visited Lot to warn him and the family to flee. In 2 Kings, one angel destroyed the Assyrian army. One angel, 185,000 soldiers were dead the next morning. One angel almost destroyed Jerusalem when David defied God's command concerning Israel. The angel killed 70,000 and was ready to destroy Jerusalem when David pleaded for mercy. Um, an angel smote Herod Agrippa, proclaiming the praise of the crowd that he was a god. The angel of death, as we mentioned in Egypt, and the angel stopped Abraham from killing Isaac. Uh, what is the role of angels today? Uh, angels are certainly God's instruments, and so they are they are continuing to do God's will. Um, angels minister us in ways we don't understand or even realize. Angels are obviously obviously different than the Holy Spirit, of course, that indwells in us. Uh, I certainly believe in angels. I believe they help us. I believe that they have our best interest at heart as long as we are following God. Um, Billy Graham has some interesting stories about modern day events, or you know, more recent events. Uh, and uh, one of those, uh, uh, one of those stories pretty, pretty well tracks the, the, uh, the fiery furnace of, uh, of uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, this is in 
Daniel, of course. Uh, let's see here. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. And then finally, I wanted to read this uh, passage from Luke. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the, the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. This is the one that we worship today. Would you stand, please? I pray to praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, Savior, His wonderful love proclaim. Hail Him, hail Him, I serve angels in glory.
sing chorus only after verse 1 and verse 5. We'll sing 2, 3, and 4 together. <coughs> I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus Today, um, but I do know 
that we carry part of that role in absentia uh, when they aren't seen, when we can't see them. Uh, we're a part of that. We are also messengers. Uh, we share that in common. Uh, we get to proclaim Christ and what he's doing and how he does it and his love and what it means. And I, I was uh, particularly pulled in by Beth's prayer. It is, it is one thing to know um, in the gospel reading, which we didn't read, and I was going to bring that up here and read it, but I forgot to bring up my pamphlet, so sorry. But it's in the, it's in the uh, bulletin if you want to read it. He talks about um, reminding. He says, the Holy Spirit will come and remind you of everything that, it, that I've said, everything that I've done. Uh, and so I, in my head, I don't forget Jesus and what the Bible says. I know it. Um, but it is hard to act on what you know when you don't feel it. And that's, when, that's where Beth's prayer hit me poignantly. When you see darkness and dismay and suffering, you don't always feel God's presence. You don't always feel the truth of the gospel. And I think those are the most important times to act out on it, um, to, to live it out even when you don't feel it. Um, I think that's where the value of it comes. Uh, that's where we become the true messengers of God, uh, when we are able to act out those messages, act out that love when it seems there is, there's no reason for us to be doing that. They're, they're, that it seems bleak, that it seems hopeless, that there is something missing and it makes no sense, that's when it makes the most sense for us to be what we know, um, to show what we know. So I need that encouragement and I'm encouraging you all as well. Uh, in the midst of uncertainty and whatever that looks like to you today, um, it could be uh, globally, it could be personally, it could be community-based, um, if you're suffering, if you're facing that, that is, that is the time. That's when God is saying, you have a real opportunity to um, show his spirit. Uh, if you pray with me as we break bread. Father in heaven, you are glorious. You are divine. You know so much more than we do. Um, and you share a, a great love and a great mission uh, to expand your kingdom to be a light. Uh, thank you for the ways that you stand apart, um, but also bring, pull us in close, uh, that you shared your son, that he took on a human form, lived as we lived, suffered as we suffered, and then, uh, and still was your light, um, still held with integrity and honor and grace um, what it means to be a disciple, uh, what it means to have the Holy Spirit inside you. Uh, give us the confidence, give us the strength, um, give us the wisdom to act those things out in our own lives. Help us to be messengers um, as we break bread um, and remember your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.
Um, one other short thing that came to mind that was also something that I've just done hereditary. When I uh, first started going to church, I went to an Anglican church. It was Episcopal, then became Anglican. And uh, I always found it really compelling. You know, you'd go up and you'd kneel to receive communion. Um, and the priest would say something. And so he would say something like, and you've heard me whisper it before, probably when I passed communion, I just did now. Uh, but it's like, when he's doing the bread, he's like, body of Christ broken for you, um, or the body of Christ um, in remembrance of Christ, or the blood of Christ, the cup of salvation. Anyways, this is for you. That's all. <laughs> uh, bow with me. Father, we are thankful for this cup. We acknowledge uh, what it means, that it's salvation, um, it's opportunity, and it's a calling. A calling to just be uh, more like your son, to uh, spread his word, to represent him in the best way we know how, uh, in your teachings, help us to do that um, as we remember him. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the back to 210.
And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Let's pray. Father, we look forward to uh, the author describes revelation of living in your light forever. We thank you for Jesus and for sending him as a light to the world. Uh, we pray that you will give us eyes to see the work that you do in the world and the light that you shine into it. We pray that your spirit will dwell in us that you will help us through the Spirit to be um, a part of that work, to see the opportunities you give us to be your work, to do your work in the world, and to show your light to the world around us. It's through Jesus' name we pray. Amen. see everybody here today. Uh, just a few announcements. We'll start with birthdays. Marcus and Savannah have birthdays today. Big month for Marcus, graduating high school and turning 18. So give them a happy birthday if you see him. And then on Thursday, Jenna Christian, Laura Bauer, and Clark Scobie. Clark turning big seven. Happy birthday, Clark. Uh, just a few notes. Uh, obviously, we want to thank Justin again. Thank you for uh, preaching to us this morning. With JP on sabbatical, it's a big deal. Like, not a lot of us want to take that role. So I really appreciate Justin and Stina and Brian last week. And Aaron, we look forward to hearing from you next week. So thank you guys so much. A reminder that we will be at Randy and Robbie's this Wednesday. If you can come, bring a brown bag dinner. We meet at 5.30 and hang out for a little more than an hour. But uh, that's a good time in the middle of the week. Beth mentioned uh, Mary and Caner. We want to add her to the prayer list that is on the back of our bulletin. Um, keep all those folks who are, are, are ill in your prayers. And then I'll draw your attention to the calendar on the back. Uh, if you feel relaxed, it's because May was a little tame for, for church activities, but that's about to change. So it's all there on the back of your bulletin. Take a look at that and uh, just be aware. Anyone have any other announcements that I'm missing? All right, good to see everybody. We do have coffee and donuts. We'll see you later.
You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, a podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash Thanks again for joining us. God bless.